This podcast is brought to you by MonthlyChallenge.fit. It's like Weight Watchers better help and the biggest loser had a baby. Check it out, MonthlyChallenge.fit. Today on episode number 342 of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, we have somebody from Harvard chiming in on fitness trackers. And speaking of fitness trackers, I'm going to update you on my step bet. Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, where we take a no-nonsense approach to weight loss. We left our excuses in the past, and we've forgiven ourselves for abusing the gift that is our bodies. From this point forward, our health is more important. We will stay focused. We will stay determined. We will sacrifice now knowing that it's not going to be easy so that we can live a better tomorrow. We understand that weight loss is a marathon, not a sprint. It's about making lifestyle changes and that the only person who can stop you is you. You know where you are now and you know where you want to be. The new you begins today. Let's go. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it. Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the schoolofpodcasting.com. If you're new to the show, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a trainer. I'm just a person like you trying to lose weight. And it's interesting because in the last week, even though it's been, I think, two weeks since I've put out an episode, I have gained, which is depressing, a half a pound, uh, technically 0.4 pounds. And the one thing I did this week, or I shouldn't, I didn't do, I got all my steps in. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I did not lift weights this week. I did a couple body things, but I don't know if it was the fact that the clocks have now switched back. Uh, But for whatever reason, I just couldn't. I was doing, well, it's everything. Number one, I'm, I'm staying up later. So that get up early and go to the gym thing wasn't working. Uh, I did go on Tuesday, but just didn't have my heart in it. You know what I mean? I went through the motions, but really didn't do it. Later in the week, my aerobic stuff was good, but in general, the exercise wasn't good. And sleep has been uh, slowly getting shaved off of my uh, my schedule, and uh, which is now why I report to you on uh, Sunday night, uh, November 5th, I'm starting to get a cold. I, my throat's getting sore and I'm just like, oh, here we go. So I'm taking vitamins, hoping to get to bed tonight early, but uh, that's the the case of what's going on. I am also today, um, we have that article from Harvard. I'm going to update you on my my air fryer, my air oven, whatever you want to call that thing, because I got a new one because my old one literally just about caught my house on fire. I'll get to that in just a second. But I've uh, I mentioned this website, StepBet. And what it is is you put in like I they they kind of suggest you put in $40. I don't know if you have to put in 40, but I did. And then we had 600 people put in that money. So there was uh, you know, according to this there's $23,960 up for grabs. And what's interesting is we started off 2 weeks ago with uh, basically 599 people, and now we're down to 506. 
So that means that we lost, for those of you that are mathematically challenged, 93 people. And if we divide that by the 599 that started, that's 16% of people have quit in two weeks. This goes on for six weeks. I got another month of doing this, which is going to be really interesting because this weekend I'm going out of town. I have an event for two days. So that's going to make this very, very tough. But I've just told myself I'm going to get up, I'm going to walk around. Hopefully I can get, I'm going to do my really tough days before I leave. Because for me, I have to have two days to do 12,000 steps and I have four days to do 9,000 steps. So maybe if I get most of those done and have one of those days be my off day, uh, that will work. But um, so if uh, if we if we lose 16% every two weeks, that means by the end of this, we will have lost another 16%. So uh, that would be 32%. And then another 16% would be 48% of people would have quit at the end of this, which means uh, I would end up making about 80 bucks because, yeah, less people to split that pot. So it's an interesting thing, and it's it's motivating me for a couple reasons. Number one, you're seeing that other people are have these one guy has a goal of like 24,000 steps a day and I'm like you have to be a mailman or something it's insane and so it's it's interesting seeing other people that are being able to do it as I scroll down I see here that uh Liz did 10,000 um two days then she had her day off then she had her stretch goal looks like she didn't quite make her stretch goal yet for the week but all these people that are basically doing it and um, it's going to be interesting. And some people kind of cheat because they're marathon runners and things like that. But okay, you know, marathon runners can push them because it looks at your steps in your Fitbit. And so you can't kind of cheat unless you tie it to the cat and bust out the uh, the laser pointer or something like that. So that's what's going on with that. Uh, I'm amazed at how it's going to be tough. It's six weeks. You have to hit your goals every day except for one day out of the week. So that's why I did it. I thought I would try it. But speaking of activity trackers, I found this article at health.harvard.edu written by Robert Schmerling, MD, faculty editor, Harvard Health Publications. And he says, lately, I've been checking the number of steps I take each day. It's not hard to do. My phone tracks it without me even asking. It also tracks the number of flights of stairs I've climbed and the number of miles I've covered. And there are other options. I can track how often I stand up and how many calories I've burned by being active and how many minutes I've engaged in brisk activity. Even my employer has gotten into the act. Uh, As is common in many workplaces, one of our hospital's wellness programs has organized walking clubs, which teams uh, with teams comparing and competing with each other based on the number of steps team members take each week. Some companies offer prizes, financial incentives, or reduction in health insurance premiums if employees participant, participate in such programs. Now, the reason they do that, of course, is if you're up walking around, you're less likely to come up with a giant hospital bill. And I think, I really think somewhere down the road, this is going to get a little out of hand. I, I can just see them like, oh, well, like like getting an apartment will be based on, I could just see this going completely like, the matrix where the government really starts looking at how we, how act, what we eat. Cause they'll know what we buy based of our credit cards and all this stuff. Anyway, I'm on a tangent. Let's go back to the article. 
Why all, all this monitoring, he asks. He says, technology we carry around with us, our phones, our watches, our gadgets, allow enormous amounts of data to be collected about us every day. It's important to keep in mind that there is a purpose to all this. The point of the activity tracker is to become more aware of how much or how little activity we're doing so that we can make positive changes. Since the health benefits of physically activity and the health risks of being sedentary are well-established, Increasing activity is a health priority, or it should be, for millions of people. And activity trackers are the first, well, he says not to be uh, the first step. Get it? <laughs> Woo! Now, he asked the question, though, do activity trackers really improve health? He says, my guess is that most people take for granted the activity, that activity trackers are helpful in promoting more physical activity, but that's based mostly on an assumption. That's why researchers at Duke National University of Singapore Medical School, that's a mouthful, they designed a study to compare full-time employees who used activity trackers with those who did not. Each of the 800 employees enrolled in the study paid the equivalent of $7 to enroll and then were randomly assigned to one of four groups for one year. Uh, Use of a Fitbit Zip a popular click-on activity tracker uh, with payments of $3 a week to continue in the study regardless of the number of steps taken. A Fitbit Plus, uh, wait a minute, a Fitbit plus a cash incentive, $11 for taking 50,000 to 70,000 steps each week or $22 for more than 70,000 steps a week. That's kind of what this Fitbit thing I'm doing now is. Um, Here's another one, a Fitbit plus a payment to a charity which was larger with increased activity or a control group that did not use the activity tracker. The group also received the $3 a week for participating. So you have basically three people using a Fitbit, one of them getting $3 a week to continue in the study. Uh, one gets $11 if they do 50 to 70,000 steps or $22 for more than 70,000 steps. And then one group you don't get money, you get money for charity. And then, of course, one group that's not doing any of it. So researchers monitor more than just the number of steps taken. Study participants also had monitoring of more vigorous exercise and physical activity, weight, blood pressure, fitness level, and they were asked about the quality of life as well. So what do they find? Well, this is interesting. It says, first, the good news. The group receiving the cash incentive increased their daily steps compared to the start of the study. To me, I don't find that very shocking. Really? I can get money for walking? I do that. I'm doing it now. Uh, This group was more active than the control group at six months, and 88% of them were still using their Fitbits, compared with about 60% of the Fitbit only and charity incentive groups. So when you throw some cash in it, 88% of people, 28% more people were using it. Now here's the other side. When incentive stops, only one in 10 study subjects continued to use the Fitbit. And after a year, with incentive stops, activity levels fell in the groups receiving an incentive uh, compared to when they started. So take away the incentive and apparently, well, as you might imagine, no incentive, no activity. He says, this is disappointing indeed, especially considering that the participants in this study were probably more motivated than most to focus on their activity levels. They went to the effort and expense of enrolling in a study 
and agree to put up with all the monitoring. In addition, most people in the real world probably have no direct financial incentives to maintain a certain level of activity each week. That's where I disagree. We do have a financial incentive. We just don't know it yet. Because when we get that first doctor bill, it says you got to have a knee replaced or a hip replaced or whatever. You're going to go, oh man, I should have been walking all these years. It says the study follows another one from the University of Pittsburgh that found less weight loss among young adults who use fitness trackers compared to those who didn't. And what's a bummer is in this article, and I have a link to this out in the show notes, if you just go to logicalloss.com slash 342, there's no link to the University of Pittsburgh study. There was a link to the other one, so I was kind of bummed because I wanted to look at that. So what's next? Well, as technology evolves and research provides more information about what works and, and what doesn't. He says, I think we'll see a new generation of devices that are more customized to individual needs and medical conditions. For example, a person with diabetes might monitor physical activity provide to provide information about how to coordinate insulin injections and meals. In addition, activity trackers can do more than simply spit out information about how active you've been. A good example from another study in which activity trackers were incorporated into a competitive game complete with signed commitments to specific activity goals and elaborate point system and reliance on team cooperation and rewards. The study found that those using game-based activity trackers were more active and achieved greater goals more often than those using activity trackers without the game. So that is me to a T. The step bet thing I'm watching it all the time and I get up in the morning and I make sure to put on my activity tracker because I may make 20 steps making breakfast or something like that. And there are times when I wake up and I'm like, oh, I never put that on. I'm, I, I just lost 50 steps and I'm counting every single step. Uh, this study lasted only 12 weeks and it says, and improvements waned somewhat after it ended. So the long-term impact of such a program, well, it's uncertain. He says, physical activity trackers have become a multi-million dollar product category. He says, I don't see them going away anytime soon. But to actually get people moving and having a positive impact on health, we'll probably need to use them in more innovative ways. And if they claim to improve your health, we'll need high quality research to back that up. So it seems like in this case, the cash is what is getting people to really get up and get off off the couch. So that's where we need to realize that sure, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like it's costing us any money now, but the worse health we're in, the more we're going to be paying in pills, doctor visits, all this other stuff. And, um, you know, that's where the money, that's where we're going to have that regret 30, 40 years from now. Um, I see in the comments here, uh, this is from Chris. He says, this is something that our team is currently working on. We strongly believe that fitness data alone cannot change people's behaviors. We try to figure out how we would be able to increase the engagement levels of our users. In our app called SpryFit, S-B-R-Y-F-I-T, well, we know what Dave's going to be talking about next week. We combine money incentive and loss aversion to motivate people. Currently, there are a bunch of games um, such as 10,000 steps per day for three weeks challenge, um, which is a little easier than the six-week thing I'm in. At SpryFit, users pay an entry fee to join the challenge and exercise not to lose their money, that's loss aversion, 
If the users meet their daily goal for a certain period, they receive their entry fee back plus extra cash coming from those who didn't meet their goal. This is the same thing as the PACT app, P-A-C-T, which went out of business. Uh, Based on the past six months data, this increased the user success rate a lot in addition to most uh, of our users joining the challenge continuously. We track our users uh, from their fitness app. So I will definitely be checking this out because the only thing I didn't like, depending on how you, you look at this uh, step bet thing, 40 bucks is a chunk of change. But on the other hand, uh, that chunk of change can add up to even more. You know, when you got some skin in the game, uh, that might be something uh, that you're looking into. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world, one download at a time. So way back, back into, uh, I think this was episode 322, if I remember right. I'm trying to get my YouTube video to uh, to go back here. Um, uh, doggone it. Oh, well, don't worry about it. Uh, it was a while ago. I bought this thing called the Power Air Fryer XL. Watched the uh, infomercial, went out and bought it, $159. And the first couple times I used it, I loved it. But cleaning this thing, and this was a six-quart, it was a big, it was like a big giant egg. I expected like Mork from Ork to pop out of this bad boy. And uh, $150 I paid for this thing. And I, I loved the chicken that came out of it, I cooked a lot of chicken in it, but it would, it would kind of uh, tell you to put a bunch of chicken in it and then the chicken would splatter everywhere. Well, okay. So, and it, it had this kind of basket thing you stuck in it and theirs did not work well. There was a, like they had a flat bottom, but in the middle of the flat bottom, they had like a little, like a dimple that in theory was supposed to keep the basket from sitting in the grease which was the whole point cooking with less grease. Well, it didn't. So, or that, or my chicken, wherever I'm buying it from is just really, you know, ready to be greased out or whatever, but they say 80% less calories from regular frying. Well, often I would pull open the thing and it's, there's my chicken sitting in a bunch of hot grease. So this hot grease would get everywhere and I would clean the basket, which the first couple of times were piece of cake. It's this whole copper thing again. And, but it was the actual unit. You'd have to reach in and, you know, it's, it's, it's basically sticking your head in an oven trying to figure out how to clean it without burning the crap out of yourself. I will say I have these big red rubber gloves. Those are the best thing ever because I, I, it only takes a couple of times to burn yourself before you go, I, I need to do something with this. So it looks like they're a hamburger helper glove, but they're rubber and it's a little better than like, um, you know, those, those cloth things and, and towels and things that we use not to burn ourselves because you can really grab stuff. So I've been using those. But the last time I used this, and I mean, I cleaned it the best I could uh, every time I used it. And the last time I used it, it set off the smoke detector. And I came downstairs because usually, again, the thing I like about these things, you throw your chicken in, you set a timer, you come back down when it dings and you're done. And this thing, I feel like I'm at a KISS concert. There's just smoke billowing everywhere. And I was like, holy, and it's worse than ever. And so the smoke alarm is going off. So I'm jumping on the couch, hitting the button, opening up every door in the in my apartment, which is great because at the time it was like 42 degrees outside, turning on fans, trying to get the air out. 
And about the time I got that, you know, the smoke alarm goes off again. And I'm like, really? So it was just a big pain in the butt. And I cleaned it. And I was just like, you know what? This defeats the whole purpose of it. I've had it for, oh, let's see here. When did I talk about this before? Um, It's been a couple months, I would say. Let me see when this video was put on the YouTubes. Um, March. So I've had it April, May, June, July, August, September, October. So I've had it seven months. And I'm kind of bummed because $159 is a lot of money to me. And, but I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm done with this thing. It, it's, it's, and I really thought about it. Cause this last one was like, it really looked like somebody just put on a fire extinguisher in my apartment. And I'm like, this thing, what's to stop this from catching on fire? So I, uh, went to um, a couple different places and even the Walmarts and the targets of the world, they don't carry a huge stock of these. And um, so I just went to bed, bath and beyond. And I found this one from a company called new wave. And I've seen their commercials for other things on TV called the Brio and it's $89. And I was like, okay, now it's smaller. So the other one I could put literally like five or six chicken breasts in it. This one I'm squeezing in for which is fine. Not a big deal. I buy chicken in a family pack and then I cook the whole thing and then eat it like a piece every day for lunch. So not a big deal. I cook four, you know, put the other back in the kitchen. When the four are done, I cook the other four. So it takes two times, which kind of defeats the whole save money on your heating bill or whatever. It does save money on my heating bill because this thing is kicking out heat. And so I've used it once and um, it's fine. You know, so I could say, oh, I love this one. It's not quite as fancy schmancy as the other one where you could push a button and tell it what it is. It just has things on the front of it. It's like, hey, if you're cooking fish, um, fish is at 200, uh, 200 degrees Celsius. I must have a different image, but mine has Fahrenheit on it. And it tells me how many minutes. Um, if I'm eating chicken, uh, 15 to 22 minutes. If I'm eating what appears to be some sort of bizarre steak, um, 18 to 14 minutes, French fries are 12 minutes, blah, blah, blah. So, um, and they have other ones that it's $89 for just the oven. They have this other one with like this accessory kit where you get like a, some little pan to put things in and a, a dish. So if you want to broil stuff, um, they have a, um, I could just buy the accessory kit if I just wanted that. I just realized that they do have a six quart version for one twenty nine, which is better than the one fifty nine I paid for. And if you do the whole kit and caboodle, the six quart one with uh, an accessory kit, that's 170. That's a little too pricey for me, but um, it's inner. I like these things. I, I, you know, and I am part of me goes like, well, why not just use the oven? I actually have an oven. And I guess the whole point is I, I don't want to sit there and watch them just cook in grease. So I'm doing this, but uh, I'm going to go back and update the website and say, I no longer recommend the power air fryer XL because uh, after seven months, the thing was in my opinion, and you need to make sure I say that, that uh, it just seemed unsafe. I really was expecting this thing to burst into flames. So um, I do like this one has something I liked that I don't think the other one did. And that is a preheat feature. So I can say, Hey, preheat, blah, blah, blah. 
and it will do that, and it beeps at you when it's ready to go. And uh, there are apparently 8 million different people making air fryers. There are now air fryer cookbooks, things of this nature. I do like the cookbook that came with this one a little better. Uh, it seems kind of cool. But um, it's uh, I'll, I'll keep you posted on this. But it's part of, for me, it's part of my routine. Sundays, I did it today. Cooked a bunch of chicken, went to the store, made sure I have almond milk in the fridge. Uh, everything's set to go. So um, so that's the update on the air fryer thing. Uh, and I, I really, you know, I can tell you right now, I've used it uh, four times and I love it. I also like the fact that on the other one, the original one, the Power Air Fryer XL, it has this basket that is basically like a copper pot that they've cut holes in. Well, when you then go to clean this with a sponge, it rips the bejesus out of your sponge. This is more of a, like a metal fence kind of thing that lets the the grease drip through, but it's a little easier to clean. Both of these are a pain in the butt to clean because you kind of have to wait till they're obviously cold to heat them. And for whatever reason, grease, instead of just like, you know, you would think you, you dump it down the drain or whatever you're going to do with your grease. It somehow makes these little brown spots like it somehow forms and I don't know if it's burning or what, but that's a pain in the butt to clean. But I will say right now, you know, a little elbow grease and it's fine. So it's just, I don't want it to be one of those things. I have a juicer that I just saw it. It was at my sister's house, which tells you how much I'm using it. And I used that thing about three times. The pain in the butt it is to clean those. I was like, that's why I started drinking all the green goo. I'm like, well, if I can get the green goo and get the same nutrition without having to clean a juicer for 20 minutes that, you know, yeah, I had carrot juice and apple juice in three minutes. And then I spent 20 minutes cleaning the thing. So we'll see. And I just don't want this to be another juicer. I don't want another juicer incident. So for now, the new wave, uh, 3601 Brio air fryer. Uh, and right now it's got 477 customer reviews on, uh, and there it's giving them four stars. Let's see what the one star person had to say. They said, um, defective. Um, that's from the six quart version. Um, I bought one early in January. I wouldn't have noticed it if I didn't accidentally touch it. It's very hot. Really? Seriously? You you found out the oven was hot? The wires have burned through the plastic shell. I've sent an email to the company, but I really didn't expect a response. If you have one, at least don't keep it plugged in. And they actually have pictures of this. I got to look at this. Yeah, it, uh, it melted. Now, what probably happened here as I look at this, they probably they say in the manual leave a certain amount of room for the exhaust. If you put this thing up against a wall, it's gonna yeah duh. Here, don't buy an air fryer caught on fire. Caught on fire when we emailed customer service. They said it was because we used it on the stove with the stove on. This is interesting. I'll put links in these because people have pictures where things have just caught on fire. Uh, one person says the fan broke after three uses. I'm not happy with the new wave and will not purchase anything through them. Uh, the temperature button quit working. I got the largest one that was sold. It was around six quarts. The first thing I tried to cook was fries. They tasted like they were cooked in the oven. There was no difference. 
Well, it's an oven. It's an oven. It's good. People are so weird. Um, worked really great the first time and then stopped working. Um, so that's like 12 out of 477. And some of those people are morons because they're like, Hey, my oven was hot. Uh, my oven was hot and I burned my hand. So for whatever it's worth. Anyway, I'm rambling. So that's what I'm up to. And, uh, cause I'm trying to cook healthy. Like I said, I'm a little bummed that I am up 0.4 pounds. But on the other hand, I go, you know what? You didn't do your exercise this week. I ate the same. And so what do you expect, idiot? And remember, you can't really exercise your way out of a bad diet. So I am uh, looking at, like this week, I don't have any protein bars here. Uh, for me, snacks this week are going to be bananas and apples because they're they're fruit. I'm going with fruit and veggies. And, and if I want something else besides bananas and apples, uh, I'm going to eat green beans or something. Because half these protein bars are basically like Snickers. If you really look at the packages. So uh, trying things differently because if I keep doing the same things and expecting different results, well, as they say, that's insanity. So thanks so much for listening to the Logical Weight Loss podcast. Probably not going to be a show next week because like I said, I am traveling this weekend. If you'd like to support the show, go over to LogicalLosers.com. You get a little, little more information. You can actually watch me try to catch my kitchen on fire. And uh, I played with a meat thermometer, a couple other things. And that's through our Patreon um, account. And then you get added to the Facebook group. And you can join for as little as a buck. And it helps keep the lights on here at the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. So thanks to everyone who's a logical loser. I deeply appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you again with another episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. If you're listening to this on a website, please consider subscribing to us for free on iTunes by going to LogicalLoss.com forward slash iTunes. You can contact me via email by sending an email to Dave at LogicalLoss.com or call in your comments toll free, 888-563-3228. You can sign up for our free newsletter and participate in our forums at our website, which is LogicalLoss.com. Our theme music is courtesy of SkinnySongs.com. Thanks again for listening. You know, they say knowledge is power. Knowledge is only power when it's acted upon. You can do this. Live right. Lose weight. Live long. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it. Thin. I want to try it. Thin. But I can't buy it. Guess I'll have